Hola familia, welcome to my new podcast, Aluz de Vela. My name is Max, and I will be your guide through all these dark and spooky stories. Um, a little bit about myself. I grew up in the RGV, the Rio Grande Valley. And uh, my cousins would tell us all these scary stories like La Llorona, El Cucuy, La Mano Peluda, which is, un- which is what I'm going to talk about today. Um, and so that caught, that sparked a curiosity for all things spooky. And ever since I was a little girl, I've always liked scary books, scary stories, scary movies, anything related to, um, horror because, I don't know, it's just just really interesting being scared. So, I've always also liked history a lot and... That's what inspired me to start this podcast. I've always wondered how things are made, where things come from. And so I decided to make this podcast and learn about these things, but not only learn about the origins of these stories, but also um, share these stories with you guys. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there doing the same thing I'm doing, and that is perfectly okay. Um, This is my story. This is my journey. This is my learning journey, and as I learn more about the origins of these legends and stories that I grew up with, I get to share them with you all through my point of view and through my lens. It's a really, it's really interesting to know how things were made and how how they were created. And as a writer myself, I really like to understand how things were made. And why they became the way they did. Like a true villain story. Or rags to riches story. That's that's exactly what I'm here for. And why not get spooked in the process. So with that being said. Um, this is my first episode. Thank you all for coming and listening. I hope that you enjoy my podcast. I hope I don't bore you all too much with information. But I'll try to make it as fun and as enjoyable as possible wherever you're listening to. I thank you so much for coming and listening. And here we go. I chose a classic today, La Mano Peluda. If you grew up in a 90s, 70s, 80s Mexican household, you you knew about the Mano Peluda, that hairy hand that come from under your bed and snatch you. Now, <clears throat> I never knew where it snatched you to. I never questioned. I was always just like, uh, let's not dangle my feet from under the bed or from the bed. And let not my blanket dangle from the bed either because you know, you never know when the mano was going to come and get that too and then take you. So, the way I heard this, I heard it more as a warning than a story or a legend. It's mainly told to kids to keep them from getting out, getting up at night, going to the bathroom. Why is that? I have no clue. So they warn kids to go to the bathroom before, uh, before they go to bed. That way the mano can't get them. <laughs> to me, as a grown-up now, it sounds kind of silly. Hey, don't go to the bathroom in the middle of the night because the mano's going to come from under your bed and drag you to hell. I never knew it dragged you to hell. But the legend says that the mana does come out and like and drags you to hell. So, what is the mano peluda? The mano peluda is a disembodied hairy hand. Um, 
It is sometimes black, like in the regions of Mexico and Colombia. They say it's a black hairy hand. It's twice as big as an, as an adult hand. It has got very sharp nails, and it is very strong. I would hope that this mono would be very strong to drag all those kids kicking and screaming that don't want to go and drag them to hell. That's kind of sad, but... <laughs> In the Colombian version, La Mano has poison on the tips too, so uh, apparently it can wound you and scratch you as well. But we're about to learn more things that the La Mano does, and it's more than I ever heard of when I was a kid. Alright, so let's start with the uh, Colombian origin story of, this, of La Mano Peluda. This happened during the Spanish Inquisition. It's a very short story, and it starts with a man that was wrongly accused of stealing. Back then, when you were caught stealing or doing a petty crime, they would cut off your hand, your fingers, your foot. They would cut off a body part, or they would put you in the gallows so people could see that you did something. This was done worldwide. It wasn't just done in Mexico, but the Spanish Inquisition did happen in Mexico. And with that said, if you've ever researched Spanish torture or the, the Spaniards... They did some pretty gruesome and brutal tortures. Some of their torture techniques are very, very barbaric. So with that said, you can just imagine what kind of stuff they would do to the people when they would catch him. Stealing or doing petty crimes, because we all know that back then, officials were on a power trip. So, uh, he was this man, he was wrongly accused of uh, stealing. He was accused of stealing and they cut off his hand and he became very angry so he swore vengeance on everyone. I would be super angry too if they accused me of stealing something I did not and they cut off a body part. That's, that's beyond not cool. Who wouldn't be angry, right? Like, kind of need that hand, dude. So he was later killed. I'm not too sure how later because they buried him with his hand. I'm thinking that it was like shortly after he got killed because who walks around with a dead hand in their pocket or maybe he was really, really angry and he just like took that with him everywhere he could go, everywhere he went to remind him of the vengeance that he needed to um, unleash on everybody. Maybe he was that kind of, you know, forever grudge holder. But the legend says that he was buried with his hand, and they ended up burying him in an Indian burial. That being said, we all know what happens at Indian burials. There's legends, legends saying that they're cursed, and it's the um, mecca for a lot of paranormal activity. So, since that day, people have said that his hand crawls out of the graves and takes vengeance on his victims. He uh, apparently... His hand apparently, um, it doesn't say that it kills people or anything. He just, I guess, drags them to hell. Or I'm not too sure what kind of vengeance this hand takes. But it's not as bad as the second story that I'm going to talk about. So, that's, that is the Colombian origin story. Basically, he was just accused of stealing. They cut off his hand. He was angry. They, he was later killed. They buried his, they buried him with his hand. And this hand comes out every night from his grave, crawls out, and takes vengeance on people who either cross his path or do him wrong or whatever kind of vengeance he decides to take on them. I don't blame him because 
if they cut my hand off on something that I didn't do, I probably would come back and be like, screw y'all people, I'm going to take my vengeance on everybody, especially your children. Um, the second version of the story is from Mexico in Puebla in 1908. Back then, authorities were very corrupt and they took money from the poor, they charged them a lot of taxes, and if they couldn't pay, well, you know, what happens. But it was also a time for a lot of pawn shops to stop, start showing up all over town. And this story starts with a man who owned a pawn shop, and his name is Senor Villa, but they would call him Orta, Senor Orta. And he would be seen walking around town with his wife, La Gangosa. I didn't know what that meant, so I looked it up. And apparently it's uh, it's somebody who speaks with a nasally voice, especially if they have um, sinus problems. So I can just imagine her voice, nasally voice. Anyway, so he was a round, greedy man. He was very hairy, and he was bald. And he loved to sport rings on his fingers, all kinds of rings with the bigger the rock, the better. He was a pawn shop owner, and he took delight in stealing from the poor, taking everything they had, toys, uh, kitchenware, all kinds, whatever it is, Anything that you had, he took delight in taking it from you and charging you exaggerated fees to get them back. So more, more than not, these people couldn't pay it and they would just end up losing their things. People around hated him so bad that it got to the point where they would pass by his pawn shop and say, Que Dios le seque la mano. That means in English, I hope God dries out his hand. And one day he died, thankfully. <laughs> I would not like to deal with a man like that. Definitely not. But one day he died. And God did end up drying out his hand. And since he was so angry that even in death he got punished. Later on, there was a newspaper that printed a stories about the gravediggers. Who would say things. Uh, who, who would claim to see this black hairy hand coming out from under the graves. Uh, and they're like, that's his hand because it has a bunch of rings. It was a black, hairy hand with tons of rings that had melted onto his skin. That's the way they described it. And apparently this hand every night would crawl out of the grave and jump on the gravestones looking for a victim. And every time it saw a victim, what it would do is it would jump on their face and gouge out their eyes and crawl down to the neck and strangle them. As you can imagine how... Uh, strong this hand might be for it to gouge out at your eyes and that is the version of mexico pueblas or the origin of la mano peluda from puebla it is more gruesome because this hand does more than just drags you to hell and to me i mean i wouldn't like to encounter any of them to begin with like let that mano can stay in hell please don't come under my bed i will not be pleased if it comes after me at night, but I'm not a kid anymore. Well, that was the Mexican version from Puebla of how La Mano Peluda came to be. This is this story is more gruesome because this one, La Mano comes and gouges out your eyes and strangles its victims. 
Um, I never heard that version before. I like I said, the only thing I knew about La Mana Peluda was that it would come and drag you away. It was more of a warning. So my thing is about this is that this guy stole from the poor and he was so greedy that he kind of tormented these poor people while he was alive just to come back from the dead with his hand and torment these people even more and go as far as killing them that to me that's that's just bizarre <laughs> that he was so angry that these people cursed his hand to dryness that he had to come and take vengeance on them because he didn't cause enough torments while they were while he was alive right but those are the two um origin stories of where la mano peluda comes from you guys can let me know what your favorite one is to me the one that makes more sense is the first one from colombia where the guy is wrongly accused of stealing and they cut off his hand and he comes and takes vengeance i get that you know i get that he's mad that they cut off his hand and he didn't do anything so i understand why he'll come back to haunt these people with his hairy hand now a lot of these pla- a lot of the places where these this hand is said to um be sighted is Boyaca and these all are all regions of Colombia Boyaca, Santander, Cundinamarca, Caldas and Antioquia which is mostly seen in Antio- Antioquia This uh hand is also seen a lot in um basements under the bed which is the most popular one and on your windows at night crawling on your windows so not only do you have to be aware about things under your bed be aware of going in your basements down in the rgv we don't have basements because we are at sea level so if we dig down we just hit water so thankfully there are no manapeludas in our basements because we don't have basements and they could come at in the windows and that's pretty scary as well i'd be kind of scared if a hairy hand showed up on my window trying to get in okay you cannot escape the hairy hand you cannot escape the mano but in the case that you do if you are a kid and in the case that you do manage to get away from this mano peluda um it is said that the wounds that it leaves need to be treated as if it was a snake bite or a snake wound. The, apparently the venom from the hand could kill a child in days. Um, depending on which version you want, you believe in. One of them, I think it's the one from uh, Mexico, is the one, the more gruesome hand. And it will uh, cause you wounds, it will scratch you and all that. So if the child does indeed run away or get away from this mano, it is said that you need to treat it as a snake bite because the venom could kill the child in days. That's pretty that's pretty crazy. It's kind of like a a snake bite. So okay guys, wild theory here. I I I like to do these things. Wild theory. Okay. In the belief of la mano, the kid comes he gets up from under the bed. Oh, he gets up from the bed. He's groggy. He's half asleep. Um, 
you're in dreamland still, you're going, you're walking to the bathroom, and your parents had just scared you earlier before going to bed that the mind was going to come get you and drag you away if you wake up to go to the bathroom. So what if it's not really la mano, but a snake that comes and bites the kid and the snake slithers away, but because the kid is thinking, hey, you know, like, that was la mano that came and got me, like, come on, man. What if it was just a snake bite? What if, like, back then they were just snake bites? Because there are there are stories out there that say that um, la mano came and got them and wounded them and they had scratches all over and they had it treated like snake bites, but what if they, they were actually snake bites? And because, you know, you were just scared and and you were still thinking, La Mano's gonna get me, and then got me, and I got away, and I survived to treat it like a snake bite. That's just a wild theory out there. Um, the child in me wants to believe La Mano. <laughs> it sounds a little silly now, but it's a... Um, it's a pretty neat little tale that I grew up and I was terrified when I was a kid. Thank you. Thanks to my cousins for <laughs> introducing me to that. I remember one time I showed up to their house and I was going to sleep over and at night we were all tucked in bed and then they were just like going nonstop about La Mano and La Mano. I guess they had just learned about La Mano Peluda. And so they would tell us all these stories and like I said, till this day, like, I still tuck in my covers, and I try not to leave any, um, any, uh, blanket hanging, otherwise, like, I don't know, something's gonna get in, and I go back to my childhood, and be like, nope, nope, gotta tuck it in, because if I don't, something from under my bed is gonna get it, whether, whether it's, like, a La Mano Peluda, or a clown, or whatever hides under the bed, but, okay, my question about this is if kids if this is something to warn kids off to not go to not go to bed or not go to the bathroom during the during the night not get them up i don't understand why you would not want your kid to go to the bathroom to relieve itself instead of having to change sheets in case you know they were so scared they kind of relieved themselves in the bed why First of all, these these two men were seeking vengeance, and the Senor Orta's hand comes and gouges out your eyes and kills you and drags you to hell. And then uh, the man from the Spanish Inquisition, he um, he he swore vengeance too. I understand that one more. Be like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna get you by getting at your kids and taking your kids and dragging them to hell with me. But Senor Orta's, like, doesn't really make sense to me. However, how did it transition from being a hand that's going to get vengeance on anybody to a tell for kids to um, not go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? Or be like, hey, you know what, La Mano's going to get you and drag you to hell. Like, why why does the kid need to be dragged to hell if he gets off his, out of his bed? Those are very those are questions that I that I've thought about afterwards after like being a kid and growing up. Those are questions that stayed in my mind. It's like, hey, you know, why does this hand have to take me as a kid? Like, literally, the grown-ups were the ones who messed up, and why do the kids have to pay for it? But that those are just silly questions that I think about.
Um, I really like this story. Like I said, I grew up with this story. Um, it did scare me. And so that is basically the origin of La Mano Peluda, in case y'all didn't know. La Mano Pachona, as I grew up, as I grew up um, knowing it. And I actually had forgotten about it for a long time until I started doing research for my podcast. And I was like, hey, yeah, La Mano Peluda, my cousins used to tell me about that. If you guys enjoyed this origin, I'm sorry if it was choppy. I'm sorry if it was like all over the place. I'm going to try to edit it really good. Um, but I thank you for listening. And I thank you for um, going along with me. Let me know if there's anything I need to do better this is my first podcast this is my first time doing this and so i can only improve from here thank you guys for listening for coming over um i'm still working out details on like instagram and all kinds of stuff um i'm not too sure what i'm going to talk about next week i'm still working that out too but i know i'm 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 a mess i'm a huge mess but i promise you there will be another one (laughs) and it will be much better than this this is my first one and i thank you so much for listening, and I hope I see you guys next week.